listeners, this is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living with our podcast. We're back. Kat, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Taylor? It's Kathy Larson. I'm doing great, actually. Life is very good. I was asked that recently by somebody whose uh, spouse has died. Uh, how am I doing? I thought, isn't that cool that she would reach out of her own loss and ask about somebody else? Um, but as I was writing, I was saying, you know what I love most is I am feeling very passionate and I am feeling very healthy and my wife is as well. So the fact that the both of us are in a good place and feeling healthy, we feel very blessed. Life is really, really good. What are you passionate about, Taylor? Well, I'm passionate about um, several things. One, I have to tell our listeners, this book I'm reading, um, Cutting for Stone, I think mm-hmm. it's the value of having a good friend who's got depth and and he's just such a wonderful person. And he said, you should read this book, you'd like it. And my wife, of course, she just reads only that book and she's done and she loved it. And I'm reading, I always read three at a time because I'm ADD, so I like to jump around things. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. this book has got so much depth and, and just the beauty of relationships and how they interact and how they impact each other. And it just makes me passionate when I'm reading a book that I'm enjoying. There's probably nothing better. Mm-hmm. It just I just love that moment. Um, so that part's really exciting to me. And then I'm also very excited about us all taking our grandkids and our kids to Hawaii. Again, that's yes. my wife's thing. She just does a good job of putting that all together and creating these memories uh, that matter. So that's what we're involved in. And Excellent. It's, and it's fun. I, in this book that I'm reading, I talked about uh, Cutting for Stone. There's a, a part where this wonderful man uh, who's dying talks about the three things that matter most to him. And they are learning, loving, and legacy. And so mm-hmm. I, I want our listeners to think about that for a minute. Like, um, what are you doing to learn in your life? I always have this pit in my stomach when I see young people who don't like to learn, who, who hate school. They want to get out. They want to get on their own. And I'm like, well, okay, okay, but what are you involved in that you're learning something new and different and growing instead of just uh, passing time mm-hmm. or, or working for a living? So learning to me is a lifelong goal. And I, I always hate when someone says, I'm so glad to be done with having to learn. I'm like, oh, that just, so I loved it when he said that, the idea of what, what are you doing to learn more in your life and add mm-hmm. dimensions to yourself that weren't there when you were younger, right? Yep. And the second one is on loving. And I, you know, someone has said that every action you have is a desire to be loved or to reach out and love which is a pretty powerful statement. But loving, at the end of the day, if you have not developed the ability to love or when you've chosen paths to take you away from loving, you're making probably the greatest mistake of your life. Anytime you choose to abandon that path, you are losing the essence of life in my mind. So mm-hmm. when you ask yourself what you're doing on a, on a regular basis that's loving, um, I think it's important for everyone to think about I, I was thinking about this young woman that I was working with that she just didn't ever reach out to anybody for anything. She never thought about them. She didn't ask them. She was very, very afraid of rejection. It, it was all internally consumed, never externally exported. And it was one of the most frustrating situations for me to look at this person knowing you will never be happy if you don't learn how to export love instead of always trying to think about yourself. 
take care of your needs. And I think that's a good one for our, our, our listeners to think about, Kat. Like, how am I exporting love and how am I all about me? And I find that when I work with clients, for example, mm-hmm. those clients that are unable to move beyond themselves, they don't see the world through others' eyes. They see it only through their eyes, like a perfectionist does what they do because it's, they're self-consumed. They have to look good. They can't accept themselves if they do anything less than that. And that deprives them of loving life or loving the experience or letting others enjoy their gifts because it's all about them. It's consumed with them. Or like when a red person is very demanding, like it's all about them. They're doing what they're doing because they need that to happen. They can't even see beyond their demanding what it's doing to other people and their relationship with them. So it doesn't matter what a a yellow that's all caught up in being self-centered. Like it's about them being on stage, not those who come to see them uh, versus the yellow who just appreciates those who are there so much and is grateful. It's a totally different experience. And they're both yellows. But one is totally consumed with them being on stage, and the other yellow is consumed with the audience that came to care about them, and they're grateful for it. So I'd like our listeners to kind of think about, so what am I doing that is exporting love? What am I doing to receive love? What am I doing in that capacity, as opposed to being all internally focused? So can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you think is for you, per, like, so I'll just ask you as a human, how do you how do you most effectively export your love? In what way? Make, give me an example. I think probably my best export is non-judgment. I don't judge people. I don't care <laughs> what they choose to do. That's their right. I have such an advocate of agency that I don't feel it's my right to impose my agency on them and take them out of theirs. I don't believe that. So I'm very curious. I'm always anxious to know why people do what they do, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Um, That's one Mm -hmm. way I export love. Another one is I'm very um, positive. I'm upbeat. I'm believing. I'm uh, trusting. I think tomorrow's Mm -hmm. better than today. That if you can just Mm -hmm. sit in it, it will all pass. Things do pass. So that's another way that I'm loving uh, other people. And I, I think being happy for me is a way of exporting love. Like I don't I don't drag people down by making my woes their woes. And if you cared about me, you'd understand why I'm so miserable and you should be doing something to make me feel better. That's not how I operate my life. So that's, there's three. You know, it's like I'm, I'm listening and it's so funny. I think sometimes when we think, or at least I'll just talk for me, exporting love means I have to be doing something. Mm. And everything you just described is just, it's capsulated within you. That's You're non-judgmental. Yeah. I mean, you, I get the gift of that by you not being judgmental, but you're not doing anything right. to me or, right. or no. it's not evident No, until I, until I go, wow, I can go to Taylor and say anything. And he's always willing to listen and never makes me feel bad. Good point. <laughs> right? No, you're right. That's a good point though. It is true. I mean, there are different ways of exporting love. For, for example, I think about, I was looking at our home recently and every, yeah. literally my wife just does things for every season. It's unbelievable. And I'm like, she does these action things that make my life more abundant. And that's uh, another way to export love, right? So you start with your gifts. Like, what are your gifts? And then, of course, I always love those who add a gift that they didn't come with. And then they export love with that new gift. So that's really the essence of what I'm trying to look for. And what I find is that people that can't get over themselves, they are not exporting love. They're exporting expectations. They're exporting dismal frustration. 
They're exporting disbelief. They're exporting negativity, uh, insecurity. They're exporting things that are not nurturing of the human soul. And when I, when I look, like right now, um, if I look at what's happening in Ukraine, I see mm-hmm. this incredible president of Ukraine yes. exporting nothing but courage and confidence and belief and love and commitment. Mm-hmm. I see Putin doing nothing of that. It is all negativity. It is all self-absorbed. My expectation of how life should be, how the Russian empire should look, I'm doing all mm-hmm. of this at the expense of human lives. So that's a good example in my mind of two men who they really, truly, one is very self-absorbed, all about himself, and the other one is all about the people that he serves. So mm-hmm. That is so clear, isn't it? When you look at it, it's, it's so like, clear. there it is. Yeah. And the other piece is, I think people get delusional. Like when they are bullies or unkind or they are demanding in negative ways or they're whining about life, those people don't see that. Like they honestly, they believe their script that they're telling them that it's got to be written this way. And so you, mm-hmm. they, they don't see it. Like you and I may be looking at things objectively, and I think they don't see how truly delusional they are. The script they're writing is illegitimate, doesn't have a good storyline, it's hurting people, that kind of stuff. So it's important for Ugh. clients that I work with, I'm always pushing them, I think, to understand how do you become loving instead of staying stuck in self-centered, selfish orientation. Right. So that leads us to the third L, which is legacy. And so mm-hmm. what's the legacy that you think you bring in life? Like what's the legacy that you're offering people by the life that you live? And people may not realize this, but generations yet unborn are impacted by things you do. And I mean good and bad, both. So when I see a parent loving a child who is undeserving thereof, very difficult, unlovable, and they lift that child to where they become a a truly functional human being, and they then have Mm -hmm. children, and they bless the child's life so they are able to experience life more abundantly. I'm thinking back to that that moment when that parent loved the unlovable, so a grandchild experienced life differently who would never maybe even known them. So you can really leave an incredible legacy and, and unfortunately, a negative legacy that lasts far longer than you probably hoped it would if you're not careful. Yeah, it's funny. I was having a conversation with one of my kids and and we were talking about it's so easy to, to get confused. I mean, people really do. I do. People get confused about, well, I'm doing this and it's not working. And it's like, you right. know, color yes. code Taylor Hartman is like what we talk about all the time is. Well, then your motive's wrong. (laughs) 100%, right. 100%. If you're doing this and it's not working, your motive for doing it's wrong. Good for you. Yep. Yes. It's so simple. It's not hard. (laughs) It really is not hard. That's a good point. It's not hard. It's just, we don't don't want to look at it. We don't want to own it. (laughs) Right. 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 That's a good point. Well, I'm doing all of these things. Well, why are you doing it, honey? You yes. know, and, and then when I kept calling and talking to her, calling her on, and when we finally got down to it, it was, you know, ego, <laughs> 21 years old, ego driven, yes. like, yes, because I want to look good, not because oh, of these other reasons that I want to be accepted or belong. And I want to look good. And she was like, mom, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay, dude. Hey, uh, you're learning it at 21. Good for you. <laughs> well, there again, the non-judgmental that you give her, but, but the clarity. 
that I mean, how wonderful that she could even accept the truth. Like, okay, that's what it is. What a great gift. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And that, that does go to the issue of humility. I am always intrigued by people that they'll actually come to see me and not want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> and of course, if you know right. me well enough, you know that they're going to hear what I'm going to say no matter what. They may not embrace <laughs> it, but they're going to hear it. And, and yet I'm fascinated. I will, even, I will even say to people, like, why are you paying me all this money not to do what I'm suggesting? I don't get that. They're like, well, I'm just not ready for that yet. I think you don't understand the other dimensions of my life. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll listen. You can pay as long as you want to pay. But as long as you're not doing this thing, it's not going to get better, just so you know. It just is funny to me because I feel like, would you really argue with a guy setting your, your, your leg that's broken? Or would you say, well, maybe he knows what he's doing and let him set the leg so it can heal? No. It's when it's mental health, they're like, no, no, I'm not going to let you heal this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still stay where I am and be miserable. Until you oh understand gosh. why I am the way I am. <laughs> okay. Works for you. Taylor, why do you why do you think it's so hard at that specific pain point for people to own that? What do you think for them? I mean, it really is I I mean, I know there's the resiliency conversation, but like at that point where they go, Boy, my ego is just outblown. I guess I look at that and go, is it that hard for some people to really say, Oh, that's a flaw in me? Is that really where it lands? Yes. Yep. It's fear. It's the fear. It's just so overwhelming that in that moment, they'd rather stay unhealthy than get better, grow. And and I will be honest. I put myself in that bag too. I mean, I've been there too, so I'm not saying. I want our listeners to understand that the beauty of humility is that you like yourself for so many good reasons that you can afford to have some negatives. It's not the end of the world. Yes. But if you don't like yourself, then even one more negative is not acceptable. No, we're not going there. And and I'll be honest, those people who are judgmental, you make it even harder for somebody because they're already down on themselves and now you're going to judge them when they share with you what they're weak at. So if you really want to love somebody, don't put that on them as well. But do tell them the truth. Do let them know. This is what's causing you pain. This is what you need to get out in order to move forward. But I, I do think that it's hard, Kat, for everybody in general, um, depending on your level of, of security. Like, am I okay with me? And if I'm okay with me, I can hear what's not right about me. And if I don't have that in place, I'm vulnerable. So I don't go there. So, Well, that's a really, really great point. I think people tend to me where uh, people tend to get that judgment, truth, it wraps around each other so hard that it's hard to, you know, yeah, you're telling me the truth, but the way you're telling me the truth is so judgmental. I yes. can't even, or that's a you know, that's a, that's a really great point. Yeah. I, I'm that sad about making. that when someone has good insight, but the way they delivered is so painful and bad that the person doesn't hear it. That's, that's tragic, right? Yeah. 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 But, but I'm, I'm thinking about uh, just some people I've worked with recently, um, it's always telling to me when somebody owns truth, it's very telling to me. So there's this man who's madly in love with his wife and his Mm -hmm. wife who's not madly in love with him. And she's been having an affair and she feels bad about it, but uh, she's now decided that she wants to make the marriage work. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was very telling when we got together, she's white, he's red. And I was just, I was so impressed with her humility when I said to her, Okay, so you do understand that he loved you legitimately, even though he was abrasive. He really is in love with you. You saw him as a meal ticket. You jumped on board with him because he was a rock that would stand the test of time. 
And then you committed to, you know, have relationships with him, sex, have kids, take care of them, but you never really loved him like he loved you. You know that now, right? So you took advantage of a ticket, someone that loved you, and then you decided later in life you were not loved or the way you wanted to be, so you then stepped outside the marriage. And she was very good at saying, yes, I don't like to admit that, I don't like how it looks, but you're right, that's true. And then I said to her, but you do know love is a choice, right? You can choose to love somebody. You don't have to not love somebody because you haven't. You can choose to love them. And she seemed shocked. Like I've never considered that as an alternative. So she's writing her script about her life and she's never considered an option that would have made her life so much better than to wait all those years and then feel victimized and then go off and have an affair and feel worse about herself and hurt the man who's loved her the most. I mean, it's really, it's kind of a sad story in my mind if people don't have the, mm. the ability to see the script they're writing and is that script really going to bring them the end of the story they want? And typically, it's not. If your motives are not clean. If they're not clean, that can't happen. Well, yeah. yeah, and then you hand that pen to somebody else and say, write it, and then you're upset right. about how they write it. Right. I mean, you know, it's just so, it's a yep. great metaphor. That's a great insight. You know, to, yep. yep, and you blame them. And you blame them. Yep. And you were the one who handed him the pen. Yes. (laughs) And said, write it. (laughs) And then you tell him you didn't write it right. Sorry. Wrong job. That's right. (laughs) That's kind of painful. (laughs) So. Oh, my gosh. But but Kat, in answer to your other question that was asked earlier, which is so good, like, why don't people hear it? I mean, can you imagine the pain of this woman living in this lie all these years and then recognizing that at the end of the day, she who was the victim was the villain? She was not the victim. She became the villain in the story. And the guy who was actually a lover and giving and nurturing, right, he became the victim. And instead, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be that. He's very much better about saying, no, no, let's fix this. Let's move forward. Let's forgive. He's very, very engaging. So I have a lot of hope because people get what they deserve when they marry. And if he's that kind of person, I can see her becoming that also. I do. But I just want our listeners to know that if you get wrapped up in your head a script that is destructive, stop writing. Rethink <laughs> your storyline. And like you said beautifully, don't hand the pen to someone else to write. And please, if you're the person that they're handing the pen to, refuse it. Don't take it. Because if you write it, they'll resent you. It'll never work that way. It reminds me of people God. that don't have any kind of a real definition inside themselves. And they will then ask someone else to kind of define them. And then they turn on the person that defines them because they don't like that they're not good enough, really. to um, they, they can't be where the person is. And they resent that person for being so good. You can't give someone else your pen. It's your story. It's your life. Mm-hmm. Write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said something else, too. I think one thing really quick is that if you're not choosing to love, like... Don't just stand there and think it's all going to happen to you like, you know, some, you know, some, right. some lightning strike um, that you have to choose. It is really, it really is a choice. I choose to do this in this moment to continue to grow this love or else it will die. I mean, it's not sustainable if you're not doing, choosing it, right? You always have a choice. And when people act as though they don't have one, I want to take them places where people you would think don't have a choice and they choose love. That's the part that you have to understand. Everybody in this world has a chance to choose love. And if we don't, it's on us. It's our choice. And that ends up the quality of life we're going to live. So 
the legacy, you can't give anything more than you create. So whatever your legacy is, is the person you ended up creating. And that's the beauty of what we're trying to talk about here. I mean, it's so frustrating. My wife just shared with me that 87% of adults claim anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. And I am beyond words. I'm like, stop. The answers are there. We don't have to be this kind of people. We don't have to live our lives in anxiety and depression. Like anxiety is fear of the future. Depression is angst from the past. And the reality is we come to life to experience experience life, to learn, to grow, mm-hmm. to make mistakes, mm-hmm. to, to become something more than we came when we got here. So yes. you know, we, we have to embrace that path instead of saying, it's not fair, it's, it's not right, um, I wasn't given an opportunity, uh, you're the problem. Oh my gosh, we'll talk about this in our next podcast. But the blamers of the world drive me insane. I'll have people come in to me and see me and want to blame somebody else 30 minutes of the 45-minute session. I'm like, you just gave them 30 more minutes of your life with me. Yeah, It's not interesting. They're not here. We can't fix them. You must own you. So I hope today, I I just hope our listeners will think about that. Learning, loving, and legacy. And the name of the book was Cutting Four Stone. Yep. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dean. Yep, it was great. Listeners, we, we love having you on this journey with us. Thanks for being with us and have a great week. We sure do. Bye for now. All right, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.